Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed, alleluia. <clears throat> we come this Easter Sunday expecting to be joyful. We come ready to hear alleluia and hail the festival day and Jesus Christ is risen today, which we will sing later. After Lent, we are so hungry for that great, big, beautiful sound of the organ, joyful hymns and anthems, Easter lilies, good news. But the earliest followers came to this Sunday not with joy, but with fear, despair. When dawn broke, they believed their leader was dead. His ministry failed, dreams dashed. Mary arrives at the tomb while it's still dark out, and she sees that the stone has been removed. Grief-stricken, fearful that grave robbers have taken his body, she runs to Peter, the one who denied Jesus in his last hours, and John, the beloved disciple, and she sobs, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they laid him. Peter and John jump up and run, racing one another to the tomb. In competition, were they trying to prove who was more faithful? Were they running in terror and curiosity? John gets there first and he looks into the tomb. He sees the burial shroud unraveled, scattered about, no body. Peter then arrives, panting from the run. He pushes past John and he goes into the tomb. And he also sees linen wrappings strewn about with the cloth that had been around Jesus' head removed and rolled up neatly. The beloved disciple, John, sees this and believes. Although neither of them, we are told, understand the scripture, they must have known that this was no simple grave robbery. Nor is it even amazing in the way that Lazarus being raised from the dead has been amazing. For when Lazarus came out of the tomb, he was still wrapped in the death shroud. And Jesus had to tell people to unbind him. Here, though, Jesus' body is gone. The wrappings are unwound. They are discarded. So John believes. But exactly what does he believe? And we have no idea what Peter thinks, but we know they don't really get it. So they go home. Only Mary Magdalene stays, weeping. She keeps vigil outside of the tomb of her beloved teacher. She doesn't know what else to do. As she weeps, she looks again into the tomb and she sees two angels sitting there, but she doesn't seem to realize who they are. Even when they ask, woman, why are you weeping? 
She responds as if they are mere bystanders rather than angelic heralds. They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. And then she turns, and there is Jesus. But she can't recognize him yet, not even when he asks, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? For some reason, Mary doesn't recognize Jesus, her friend. Perhaps after looking into the dark of the tomb, her eyes cannot adjust to the light to see the sun. Maybe Jesus' glorified body is different enough to make Jesus not immediately recognizable. Perhaps she just cannot fathom that her beloved friend whom she mourns as dead is standing before her. Whatever the reason, Mary mistakes Jesus for a gardener, and she begs him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him. And then everything changes. Jesus calls her by name. Mary. She turns again and scales fall from her eyes as she hears the voice of the one she loves. And in one of the sweetest moments of the gospel that I know, she gasps, Rabboni, teacher. And in that instant, she realizes that it's all true, that Jesus is the one that he has power over sin and death, that his life, his death, his resurrection have changed everything forever. The grief, the terror, the confusion of Good Friday have been transformed in a twinkling of the eye into the good news of Easter. Each of Jesus' followers came to the tomb that morning in their own ways. Peter, as usual, trying to prove himself, competing to be the best, but unsure of what to make of it all. John, the beloved disciple, seeking to be with Jesus, believing, faithful, but not totally clear about what has happened. Mary loving Jesus, grieving, but unable to see him until he calls her by name. We come this Easter morning not so unlike them. I mean, sure, we come in our Easter finery. You all look gorgeous. We sing hymns, we pray the prayers, we prepare for our Easter brunches, but we're not so different from those early, scared, grieving, confused disciples. We come with joy, but so many of us in the quiet of our hearts are wondering, are hoping, is it true? 
Is it true? Can I trust this story? Can I trust Jesus? Like Peter, many of us long to believe and we may act in our lives to prove that we are good and we are faithful, but find ourselves flinching or failing when things get hard. Maybe we fall away too easily. Maybe we have hope, but sometimes that hope fails us. Like John, some of us believe even though we can't exactly explain why. Like Mary Magdalene, some of us know how to remain faithful. We don't turn away even from hard situations. Still, we can become bereft, sorrowing, missing out on the miracle, even when it's right in front of us. like the disciples who didn't show up today, who stayed home. Some of us are weighed down by the grief and the difficulties of our own lives or by our own doubts, so we stay away completely. That's okay. It's okay. It's all okay because our Lord comes to us as we need him, never forcing, allowing us to know the good news in our own way, in our own time. And whether we race towards God and then back away confused, whether we believe but don't know why, whether we can't even imagine believing, whether we have trouble recognizing God when God is right in front of us, whether we're any of those people. But here's what I want you to know on this day. Here's what I want you to know on this day of all days. Christ is risen. Death has been defeated. Sin and death and sorrow are no more. Life wins. Love wins. That's what we learn from an empty tomb, an open grave, burial garments torn asunder, and Christ calling your name. Jesus is the good shepherd who calls his own sheep by name and leads them out and leads us out of grief and terror, out of sin and sadness. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, Jesus is calling your name. Jesus is calling your name, Mary, John, and Peter. Your name, Juniper and Newt. Your name, Frank and Alice. Jeanette, Mark, Dwayne, you, Lauren. Lisa, Amy, you, Corwin, Jamal, you, Ginger, you, Christopher, 
you Stephanie, you John, you Steve, you Max, you Susan. Jesus is calling you. Jesus is saying your name. All of you. You. And you. And you. Jesus is calling your name, calling you and saying, it's true. It's all true. I love you. I have risen. I am with you. I promise you will see again those you've loved and lost. He's calling you by name and saying love and life are stronger than fear and death. The good shepherd, the firstborn of the dead is risen and he's calling you and saying you, 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 I love you. On this day of all days, I pray, I pray that no matter how hurt you are, how fearful, how heartbroken, how cynical, how tired, I pray you hear Jesus calling your name and that you respond to Rabboni, teacher. And then I hope that all of us, all of us, like Mary, go out, out into that world and we go forth and we share that good news even if we don't totally understand it yet and that we shout, I have seen the Lord. Alleluia. Christ is risen.